You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Pop of the morning, everybody, and welcome to Popcorn Culture. As always, I'm your one true host, Jazzy J, joined as usual by my brother, the one true co-host, Buzzy Benjamin B. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm do- <laughs> it's great to be on the show mm. again. Thanks for thanks for inviting me back. I'm glad you could make some room. You know, I had to move some things around. People were like, I don't think we want that guy back. And I was like, I demand... <laughs> That Buzzy B be back on the show. Make it work, people. Make it work, despite the despite the downturn in ratings. It's it's got to be. Now, sometimes you just got to stick to your roots, man. It's you true. Just gotta, it's true. You know. Well, you know? anyway, anyway, thank you for thank you for bringing me on, and and happiest of birthdays as well. I do know that uh, as of episode release, February third uh, is one day prior. To your big day. Yes, yes. Tomorrow is my birthday. At Aww. least uh, if you're listening to this on release day, meaning that um, uh, hopefully we're in Florida right now unless things went wrong, which is possible given some circumstances at home. We're recording this one a little bit early, but nonetheless, you know what? Either way, on today, as the show comes out, I personally should be in Florida because uh this the, because of the pokemon tournament because of the pokemon, because so we, of the are, pokemon tournament. we are we are finally finally here like, yeah going all the way back like like months and months and <laughs> dozens and dozens of episodes i feel like it was where you had sort of like originally sort of like lobbed out this thought lobbed you it were like, out you're like 
I want to become like a competitive Pokemon player. And it's like, you know what? We're there. We're there. And We're going to an official points earning tournament. Yes. So I could not be more excited really for next week's episode because uh, it's going to be so much fun to finally be able to let the little kernels out there know yeah. how how it all went, how you did. Are you a pro Pokemon player I now? Do. Probably not. I think... <laughs> That would probably mean, like, that's my full time. I stream. That's all my content. But what would I do that's then? Everything. I mean, yeah, exactly. That's, that's Nobody's going to have so. me on the show if not for you. That's what, we'll just have to make the show about Pokemon cards instead. Oh, you know? dear. I'm gonna, I, I would have a lot more learning <laughs> left. A lot left more left learning. That would be funny. It'd be like Ben learns to play the Pokemon trading card game. It and would be a hooting and hollering good time. It'd be a classic the master becomes the student type of situation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it would be quite like that i'm sure you could pick it up uh no pretty, i understand you know, because I've, I've never been the master in the first place i get what you're actually saying i yeah. get what you're actually yeah. saying yeah yeah so anyway uh what is there anything in particular as the one true host this week that you would care to discuss anything that's like that's that's got your goat there or something i don't even well know. okay so is that uh, a phrase? something so we've talked a few times about like ai and stuff on the show before and yeah, um we have and so last week for after the final pop um you your wife alice had given you just like a random one word topic to like can you talk about this on the pop and like she didn't really give you any context for it but the word was bubble gum yes yes, yes. and it was it was so much fun if you are yeah. not like uh if you're not a patron at the the after the final pop tier it's five dollars a month uh, you do get access to the full catalog of all of the episodes, even if you just <coughs> sign up for one month. Um, last week's episode was hilarious and amazing. Yeah. Working off of this one random prompt that Alice yeah. gave us, it, we we had quite. It turns out that we had a lot to say about bubble gum. There's, more, there's, more than I thought. More than I thought, Ben. More than I thought, and so I thought. Uh, maybe I could maybe I could merge these two ideas today where uh, since we talk about AI some and we had such fun with one random word I I have open a I have a chat bot open on my phone okay it is like an open AI one I think chat GBT is that I, that, I, sounds I, right? I, that sounds like the one that everybody keeps talking it's about on like, the URL it says chat.openai.com so I'm just gonna ask this uh, bot I'm okay. going to ask it, can you give me a topic for the podcast Popcorn Culture? And I feel like whatever it says, we just have to sort of go for it. Okay, deal. Deal. Okay. All right. Hold, all right. please, I'm, I'm... whilst I type. All right. I have written, can you give me a topic for the podcast Popcorn Culture? Okay. Send. Let's see what it says. This, I mean, this one's, this is a fairly robust one. And it says... <laughs> Oh, oh boy it's saying a lot oh gosh oh, okay it's okay. saying so much it's telling us how we can discuss it ben oh, oh my wow. gosh okay oh my, it knows us oh no does it know us it might okay it says the rise this is the topic ready the rise and fall of movie franchises a look at hollywood's most successful and disappointing series <laughs> Then <laughs> <laughs> it says this topic could include discussions on how movie franchises are created, the criteria for success and failure, trends, trends and changes over time, as well as specific examples for popular movie series such as Harry Potter, Star Wars, Marvel Cinematic Universe, and more. It can also explore how movie studios decide to continue or end a franchise and the impact it has on audiences, critics, and the industry. 
Wow. Wow. It's such a robust answer. It's so much. <clears throat> I can't believe how well it knows us. Uh, what was the start of this? Okay, like, so this like, is the actual topic that we're going to try and go for is the rise and fall of movie franchises, colon, a look at Hollywood's most successful and disappointing series. But I'll tell you what, one that comes immediately to mind is the Fantastic Beast series. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, that is absolutely like that. That's a great that's a great place yeah. to start. Yeah. Because, okay, so like as we have been alive, um, I remember in the year, I think it was in 1997 is when Philosopher's Stone was originally released to the public okay. um, in like the UK version. And then I, I believe it was 1998 that the Sorcerer's Stone was like the re like renamed version for the United States audience, which is effectively the exact same story with very minimal changes, but like a massive shift in the overall like visual aesthetic and branding, yeah. you know, of, of the story. Right. Um, and it basically caught like wildfire. I think I was gifted the like first copy of it. This is like one of those things. Do you remember as a kid, there was a, uh, a game that we had, I think that was called like shoot the moon. And it was like this like long wooden piece of wood. <gasps> I like, do remember yeah, this. And it had like yeah. two metal bars that yep. came down and like a single ball bearing that was probably maybe like one inch in total diameter. So yeah. Like, like, a, like a pinball. Yeah. Like a pinball. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the game was basically like, if you could, you'd set the ball on top. And then as you like pulled the two bars apart, it would allow the ball to like roll towards you. And right. then the goal was to make it go further and further and further. And like right. the first little like hole you could drop it in was like the moon. And it was worth like a hundred points. And then the next one was like, you know, Mercury, Venus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think if you landed it like in Pluto, you won the game. You won the game. And, like, but like, like, of course, yeah, to make the ball roll down the hill, you had to move the bars further and further apart. And so eventually you'd move them so far apart that it couldn't roll on the ball. You, you need to, like, build a certain amount of momentum exactly. and then maintain it and yes. then drop it at just the right moment. Yes, I yeah. do remember this game. It, it was endless like, fun. Endless fun. Endless. Honestly, if you have if you have um, like children, uh, brothers, sisters, nieces, nephews, cousins, you know, uh, anybody in the age range of probably, I would I would say like approximately like seven or eight years old to like 12. No, I think you can go even older. Like adults are bad at this game. Uh, true, true, yeah. true, true. But like this is a great game to just like have on your coffee table. Yes. Have somewhere in the house so that like when a newcomer shows up, they're mm -hmm. like, it's so easy for them to just like try it. Yes. Um, I think it falls in the same category as that like triangle with all the pegs in it where it's like yes, oh yeah they can totally hop each does. other and the goal is to get just one can you do it right and oh my gosh the amount of time i spent playing that game growing up like like just knowing knowing that it was possible and trying every conceivable starting point and never being able to get down to like less than two pegs or something was infuriating it was it absolutely was and and i mean these like little games <clears throat> that was a kid i remember like we had another one where it was like um it was like three pegs on like a piece of wood and it was like a pyramid of like circles stacked on top of it and you yes. had to like you had to like move the whole pyramid from like one peg to another peg but you could never stack a larger circle on a smaller circle yes. so you had to do this like weird like okay so like this goes here so i can put that there and then i can put the small one back so i can move this one here then i'll move that one in there and it was this like ridiculous like process but like as a kid i felt like our brains were so good at these like little simple puzzles because you would practice it enough times and then you would like slowly like get the rhythm for it yes so, anyway i say all of this because we had this this like corner table 
in like our like we actually as kids i feel like we had this like double living room situation if you remember I, we had the tv room and the living room yeah the, the tv room and the living room which yeah, also had but a TV. also had a tv in yeah, it yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 um and anyway on the corner there was where the shoot the moon game was and apparently a, a variety of other uh skill-based mental simple games um and it is where i remember <coughs> the first ever copy of sorcerer's stone appearing in our home yeah like okay like and i i i think i've actually talked to dad about this before because i had always attributed the arrival of this book to a close friend of mine who i thought gave it to me for my birthday um and he has said before that he had been reporting on the popularity of the series and wanted to see if we would like the books and so it's like one of those things where it's like to be fair dad i actually don't i thought that i knew and it never occurred to me that there was another explanation. And I remember him telling me this. Oh, anyway. So somehow, some way, though, this book shows up and it's like basically like sweeping the globe. Yeah. You know, it's just like it. And, and the reason I start here is because I feel like it is important to talk about like how big it was, how important it was, because this is going to be like largely pre-internet days. Yeah. So you're talking like largely standard or traditional media um, spreading the flame as well as like general word of mouth. Yeah. You know, people like reading the books and like, you know, talking about it with friends, but it's also, there's only one so far. Uh, and again, we're in the year 1998. The first movie for that, for that book comes out in the year 2001. So you're talking about like years before the conclusion of the entire yeah, series. Yeah, like they started making the movies before the books have finished being published. Yeah, which is mind-blowing to yeah, me. Yeah, right. You know, like, like it's it's interesting even going back, and I know there's like that classic like fun fact that like Alan Rickman, I think, was the only person who knew Snape's full arc. So he was able to like semi-incorporate it into like the way that he like portrayed the character. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because it was like, it was more important for him as an individual to know maybe than any other person who was like involved with the franchise. Right. Because otherwise the story is largely happening to most of the other characters versus yeah. being like influenced by. Um, so anyway though, I mean, but you've got, yeah, you have the series that's just like blowing up. I mean, I, I can't tell you the number of people and it was ourselves included who I remember um, literally filling their backpack, like with multiple of the books. Like or, You might need them. You might, you might need like, like, all like the first four books in your backpack all at once yeah you know mm -hmm. and and i remember like my desk at school you know i would have them like stuffed in there next to like my my textbooks and yeah. stuff it was the only time in my life i ever remember uh the teacher being like all right we're gonna go to free <coughs> time you know like where you you know it was like 30 minutes for her to grade or him to grade papers and it was basically just like go be quiet and read a book right and it was like for me it was like yes please like I shall go do that. I shall do it. I have the Harry Potters. I have the Harry Potters and I will go and read them. Um, and so anyway, yeah, obviously the brand continued on from there. I mean, there's there's a, the seven book series and then the eight movie follow up, which was essentially happening simultaneously. Global phenomenon. One of the most successful book series just simply ever of all time. Uh, people desperately excited for more. And finally, there is the arrival in maybe the packaging nobody truly expected, like surrounding the character of Newt Scamander. Newt Scamander, fantastic beasts and where to find them. And it's like, yeah, this has come out like way after the fanfare of the eighth movie and stuff. There's been like this big sort of gap in time where nothing new has come out. And I remember they announced fantastic beasts and where to find them. And it was like right away. It was like, this sounds 
awesome. And you're like, Newt Scamander, right? And like, you recognize the character because, uh, you know, he wrote one of the, the, the textbooks that Harry has in the book. Yep. Uh, he's got, um, I think we even owned, like, in as part of our early uh, childhood fandom, like, there was a copy of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. It was this tiny little slim book. Yes. Um, that like we red, had. Like red and yellow. Yeah, like red and yellow. And it, like, had Harry's notes, like, written on the side of it or something. Which, like, when you see that and you're like, this is their whole textbook, no wonder Hermione read so many of the whole textbooks. This took, like, 10 minutes to read. Oh, right, right. Okay? It's like, how right. little work was everyone else doing? I know, right? Like, sorry, guys, you couldn't be bothered to read this? <laughs> like, okay. All right. I don't know if you see seen my modern third grade textbooks but they're a lot hardier than this yeah 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 like four or five hundred pages you know yeah very, very dense yeah but so they they come out with uh fantastic beasts or they start promoting it there's like all these new articles on pottermore like there's like oh wizards in north america and it's like oh man like we've only ever heard about like europe and Voldemort, and it's like we're coming to america it sort of felt like we're you know we're going to treat that audience to the wizard and history of their land yeah ilvermorny yeah the whole ilvermorny there's four new houses you could be a part of so exciting and then the first one comes out and it was like awesome yeah it was so good like there was no book to base it on so you couldn't there wasn't even that like well I, I, they made a bunch of changes from the book to the movie and it's like no 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 it's, everything's just in the movie yeah yeah, yeah. And, and it was really interesting too because again like you know for us we've we've brought this up on numerous occasions but like as as people who are like trying to choose like what information counts what information doesn't count like there's like the movies aren't deadly accurate so like at times it's like well this this happens but like you know it's only in the movies and the book sort of is like the backed up like prime Mary <coughs> yeah. And of course, with the movies, all of a sudden it's like, this is kind of cool because the, the Fantastic Beast movies must be canon because there is nothing more like like legitimate to back it up. Right. You know? like, it's like you if, you if they publish a book later on, that'll probably supersede the movies. Yes. But in the meantime, right. this is the actual canon. Yeah. So that was it was awesome when it came out. I remember like my uh, my ice cold take back then. Ah, you know? Look at yeah. it. It's catching on. I know, it's catching on like ice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my ice cold take every time people are like, what's your favorite Harry Potter? I'd be like, Fantastic Beasts. And people like they would balk at that. Like, oh, no. Yes. Well, I was like, no, 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 no. Seriously. It's the best one. There's no like learning magic. It's just like all adult wizards who are all amazing at magic and, and you know, whatever. All that's, you know, the beasts are fun. So I really like the first one. Then they came out with Crimes of Grindelwald, and it has to be said, it didn't really, uh, it didn't really live up to the hype. It, it, you know, it's less sort so. Of well, and, and here's part of the issue too is that like you have this Fantastic Beast premise and you have this amazing lead with uh eddie redmayne playing newt scamander yeah and and like even like his like i mean you and i have like fawned over it for years but like the chemistry between uh him and Catherine waterston uh has always been like really great on yeah. screen like you it just seems like they're just genuinely like playing the characters of tina and newt and they have this uh, it's amazing um but then very promptly and very quickly you kind of run into this problem of like okay so like you've got newt you've got his case and you've got new york and you've got like the beasts escaped and like that provides provides a, a great framework uh, for the first movie to sort of like introduce a whole bunch of these like wizarding creatures that are like potentially misunderstood or caring or have like unique abilities that, like you know maybe maybe Hagrid was like onto something that like a, like a lot of other people just didn't quite realize mm -hmm. or maybe like that that scene like with Hagrid and Slughorn and the acromantula venom and like it's very valuable and the unicorn hairs and 10 galleons of hair and all that it's like right. it's like you're starting to realize like okay this this guy like he doesn't care he's he's just like Hagrid in a way it's like he doesn't care about like the the monetary value of like oh i just collected a super rare 
you know, alchemy eggshell. It's made of silver. Right. Um, you know, like from his perspective, he like genuinely has like a passion <sighs> and like wants to study these things. But then it was like, they like ran out of that runway almost immediately. And it's kind of like, okay, well now we're, we're basically falling backwards into the like Albus Dumbledore story. Yeah, Grindelwald story, which is just like, it seems like that's actually the story you wanted to tell. So now it's sort of weird that you started with Newt, but I guess he's still the main character because he was the main character in the first one. So we'll sort of put him in here and he'll right. just sort of be like spending the whole movie trying to explain a typo in the newspaper or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so like, yeah, pretty much that's the only thing that brings him into the equation at all <laughs> is basically like, oh, opportunity to see Tina. I'm not engaged. Like, you know, yeah, like he's just trying to like get in front of her to tell her like the newspaper misrepresented my engagement, which is not real. Right. So yes. that's that's literally all Newt, the main character is doing in the whole second movie. Right. It's right. like, all um, right. All right. Meanwhile, at least maybe you're going to have Dumbledore and Grindelwald, but then it's like, and you're going to have Jude Law playing Dumbledore. And it's like, yeah. that's pretty exciting. We got Johnny Depp as Grindelwald. That's pretty exciting. Right. Uh, but then I think like there's this story about how Jude Law had this like the family vacation or something like while he was prepping for crimes of Grindelwald. And he just like kept going into the woods and was like practicing doing wand movements. And was yes. like, I really want to get this right. I'm so excited to be Dumbledore. And he casts one spell and in the whole it's movie. Like he just like waves yeah, his like, just, arm out forward. That's it. Just one single wave for the wand to make fog over London. And like that's the only spell he casts. It's like, man, that seems like you got Dumbledore, you know, like it's kind of a bit of a wasted uh, there yeah, and then like, the plot is sort of revolving around credits and there's this big like the trailers are openly misdirecting misdirecting you and then like the one character has this giant big reveal scene towards the end like actually there's all these things they didn't know and then after they finish their speech a second character shows up and they're like but actually but actually yeah. you don't even know the whole story it, this is what really happened and you're like whoa okay it felt like a little bit like a like a soap opera like yeah. the, but but actually actually yeah. mm -hmm. um, what you didn't know was we all had amnesia yeah but uh, right. and now i'm your lost brother slash cousin or something slash the babies were switched Birth, blah, blah, blah. and then like the movie ends there's this big phoenix scene and you're like oh man like i bet i there were so many things being revealed in the last 20 minutes i bet i missed something but then being the people that we are and the channel that we do we you know went back through it and it's just like you know what we didn't really miss anything and a lot of it just it's just yeah it's like 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 i'm sure i missed something that made all of that even more amazing and you're like actually nope nope I, cause I, you're, you're absolutely right. Cause we, I remember we got to go to like a pre-screening of Crimes of Grindelwald and it was like a really like for us, you know, just like, uh, like if you can imagine for a second, just being like such a fan of something and starting to like attempt <gasps> to like talk about it and like eventually literally find yourself in a situation where you're being invited to like see it early. It's like the honor amongst all honors to us. Like, you know, it was like, there was almost nothing that the movie could do that would make us not excited to get to right. go and do it. And so I do remember like walking out of the theater that day and I swear this exact situation has made me like, it, it is like so heavily influenced the way that I now walk out of theaters. Now it's like, I feel like I had such aggressive egg on my face for like being so jazzed about this story that like, I've never, I've never truly been able to like let it go, which I totally should. Yeah. But like, you know, it's like I walk out of the movie theater and it's like, I think I liked it, but I'm afraid to say anything because I've done that before and, and uh -huh, yeah. it went poorly for me. So, um, 
Maybe even that's where like critics like eventually just like go on to be like extremely jaded and cynical is that they're just sort of like, I said I liked something and everybody else unanimously agreed it wasn't good. And now I don't know if I trust myself. So I'm going to preemptively dislike everything just to be safe. Right. Yeah. You know? that, then, then it won't be a problem. Then if I dislike something, because if it's the opposite, if you dislike something and everyone else liked it, like everyone else is probably just wrong. There's such you know? a superiority yeah, to yeah. knowing how to dislike something that other people oh. enjoy. Oh, boy. OK, this is this was I think back on this as like I sometimes remind myself of this like take I had once upon a time like in my early 20s like just got a job or something like um that like and I think this is such a bad attitude but I'll it, it is this idea that like 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 I think what I would tell myself maybe to like help myself feel better or something like when I was surrounded by other professional people who were just like good at doing what they were doing right you know it was like and it was like yeah maybe I didn't have nearly as much to contribute so like my mindset or like what I, I remember at least saying this to myself once was like I maybe don't always like can't always come up with the best idea but I can definitely recognize a bad one and it was just like that's such a bad take oh like, sure, sure it's sure. just like yeah no, 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 no. don't expect me to come up with anything but don't worry I'll let you know when you've gone astray right it's just right. like no 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 that's not how it works like uh-uh, right. uh-uh. i don't like that at all i hate and i was like and i'm like i feel like i've come back and i'll, I'll like sometimes just feel embarrassed that my brain even thought that even though i never said it out loud to anyone it, you, know, you know it's like oh jonathan what were you thinking this is like one of those <clears> things though where it's like i i think that there there almost needs to be like a bit more grace given to like our past selves because yeah. i do the same thing like i am i am so hard on past me like i'll look back on things and be like what were you thinking what were you how did you get there and it's like you got there because you had a series of life experiences that led you to that exact moment that is how you got there and what has also happened since then is you've had more life experiences that have helped you better understand the world around you exactly and it's like so you didn't stick to it it's not it's not like you can't fault yourself too much because it's like maybe you had a bad take but it's also like I, I grew since then, you know, yeah. so like that's what we're hoping for. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, so back to, the, to our Fantastic Beasts series, because that's that's yeah. what we're supposed to be discussing. That's what we're talking our- about here per the AI. So then we come to Secrets of Dumbledore and boy, oh boy, does it seem like just the absolute perfect storm of disaster like looms over the Fantastic Beasts movie franchise. Yeah, because like 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 we said coming into it like the harry potter fandom was so strong so big years later fantastic beasts like no one like like maybe people weren't like actively involved in it but people's like opinion about harry potter was nothing but positive it was like oh yeah i love those books right loved yes. those movies yep. fantastic beasts just brought more people out of the world brought more people to the wizarding world uh, Crimes of Grindelwald seemed to like stumble and people were like, mm, but there was still at least hope that maybe we just don't see the whole picture yet. Right. Like, like that's that's what you kept. That's what you kept thinking. Like, like I, I feel so often it could possibly be the case, like whenever you have the ability to or the uh, like the privilege of getting to like binge a television show. Yeah. It's like you get <clears> to the end of it and you're like, what? No, I don't even under- No Play. Yeah. Press play. I want answers. Give me answers. And then you and, have answers. And I remember for so long, for so <laughs> long around the second movie, we kept we kept coming back to the same conclusion. Where we're like, we're living in the in-between. We're living in between seasons. So it's like we like I, I, like eventually, and I, I remember kept thinking about this with our kids. It was like someday Luke will be able to sit down, watch Fantastic Beasts, love it, ha- watch Crimes of Grindelwald, be like, what just happened? And then watch the next movie. And then he'll get the answers and it will be great. And like he'll never dwell on what Crimes of Grindelwald either was or wasn't because the answers will be like, like 
like, well, you'll have the whole picture. And it was almost like, that's the problem with Crimes of Grindelwald. It's not that it's a bad movie. It's just, it's it's an incomplete it's, story. Exactly. And yeah, <clears throat> it's it's the second episode, not the second movie. And like, just, just look at it right. that way. Yeah, there's going to be five. It's all one big story. We know where it's going anyway. Like, it's all going to make sense. But man, then... Ugh. Then, then you have the the storm, as it were, where like number one, the the big thing is COVID happens between the two movies. Yes, so that's a big problem because it shuts down basically everything for like a year. Yeah. And in that time, all the actors and stuff and all the producers are all like booking other projects and like they already slated time for this, but or maybe maybe really what happens is everyone already booked slate for other projects, thinking. Fantastic Beasts 3 will be shot here. That gets scrapped, and now all the other projects stay on the books because by the time that time gets up, there's at least enough safety protocols in place that they can go do them. Yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime, then they got to reschedule like the whole thing, which is this whole thing. And in the meantime, uh, you have this like most watched trial ever between Johnny Depp and his wife right, who Amber just seemed Heard. like yeah Amber Heard who seemed like maybe the most toxic Hollywood relationship ever yeah and it's like I, I'm not going to weigh in on it at all because I have no I didn't watch it first of all and all I know is that it, like they both seem uh, like not good to each other yes and, yeah that, yeah that, that's about <clears throat> as much as I've been able to gleam it's like yeah the one thing I know for sure is that we weren't behind those closed doors and whatever happened behind those closed doors probably was intense but I yeah. wasn't there yeah <laughs> either which way Way, whatever whatever side you seem to be on warner brothers seem to feel like mm, we it's not safe to have johnny depp in our next giant wizarding world movie sure. so he's out so for the third movie in a row we're gonna have a third grindelwald whatever that's fine they get mods mickelson he's awesome so i yep. thought he was i thought he was you know fine in the third movie then you've got uh ezra miller who also just in the meantime goes off the walls with i can't even keep up with the number of things that he was getting caught up in yep like just a lot of what was like a lot of like grooming and like theft and (laughs) it it feels like was uh, arson in there like yeah drugs are like our our uh, trainer gabriel had this like joke with me because i i've been like (coughs) off social media but like he he has like consistently been like the he'll like he'll just like screenshot and send me like whatever like the latest like headline is and it's just it i don't know i think it just it's like because he's a huge fan of the flash yeah of like yeah like the dceu yeah exactly which has also continued to like have its have Mm -hmm. its issues and everything so um and then of course you've just got like you know the creator of the whole shebang yeah actively on twitter just just Just, causing just 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 refusing to make make any kind of apologies just uh so yeah that so you've got that you've got yeah you've got you've got jk rowling out there doing her thing so you've got yeah the johnny depp the ezra miller the jk rowling trans rights are human rights we'll just say that so we're all clear and good on that which side we're on on that Uh, hopefully we don't have to say but um uh, so there's that plus COVID on top of it all. Somehow, some way, eventually the third movie gets made, and you're like, well, it, maybe, maybe they've been able to like sideline Credence's plot enough, and they've been able to like Ma, Ma, yeah, Grindelwald's new actor just pretend it's, everything's fine. He'll deliver a good performance. We're gonna, it, we're just gonna make it happen. We're gonna make it happen, and it's gonna come together, and the plot will be good enough to make it work. And that wasn't true either. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you had all these problems going into it, and then it's still just this like confusing mess. And it's like, oh, yeah. how did you, how, how did you take something like Harry Potter and do this to it? What is happening over there? Right. It's, it's very, it's very unusual. And it's just like, it feels, because <clears throat> the other thing too is that, like, you know, again, we are probably, um, the people who are looking at it through like potentially like the most rigid lens in terms of what we have like set for our expectations from it. So like, for example, the movie series starts in the year 1926, I think. Yeah. 1926, the year Voldemort is born. The year Voldemort is born. And so it's like on, on so many different levels, it's like, okay, if you're going to choose 1926, it's like, that is an interesting year because of what it means to the greater wizarding world. But it also means that if we're going to start talking about like the Dumbledore, Grindelwald story and like the rise of like Grindelwald's power it's like their famous duel doesn't happen until 1945 so like what are we gonna do about that and then hey is that McGonagall because she's not supposed to be there either Mm -mm. and like you know so there's like all these like like stray things where it's like it's entirely possible that we were looking at it through like a critical lens that was like a little bit too like um you've departed from the comic book source material and it's like maybe plenty of people are like that's fine. Yeah, you know, like, like, hey, McGonagall, that was fun. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's cool. Like, they've taught forever. They've t- taught together forever. Like, of course they have. Like, the, she's his most, like, trusted advisor, you know, yeah. as, like, in the in the modern day, why not, why not then do it? It's like, nobody, nobody else really necessarily, like, specifically needed to be as specifically fussed about it i guess like as as we were so but it felt like the sort of thing that like they wanted like they wanted to trick you with you know like yeah. they wanted you to be able to solve almost that that was how it felt <clears throat> yeah, for, sure. for like, sure you know even even down to like the uh the inclusion of like the character of like nagini you know who all of a sudden it's like whoa Voldemort's snake like again 1926 the year he was born now we've met his snake now we know why she was so unusual and different and everything because it was also like formerly a person but like why yeah. she just like Dumbledore so much and like you know you're trying to like you're trying to read so much into it it's like you desperately want there to be like the depth that i felt like we always knew to exist within this world. Like it's, it's like the type of thing, like where, like if you know that a character has a specific kind of like wand wood, you can research that like style of wood in the the known symbolism. And it will match that character's like attributes to the letter. And you're like, what impressive. You know, it's like one time they mentioned beach wood and then beach wood happens to mean, blah 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 and exactly. it's like how about that that's absolutely unreal and it's like it wasn't unreasonable to think this because this is what it was like in between the books yes. you know it's like you'd have so many questions and so many like theories and like what if this what if that can you trust Snape who was R.A.B what are the Deathly Hallows you know I mean endless conversations were had about these exact things and then the next book would come out and it would either answer all of like when Deathly Hallows came out it like finally did it like wrapped up basically everything and it yeah. was like this big like pull the strings again wow look at the beautiful bow in the middle what an awesome like wrap up and so it felt like yeah no 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 there's all these clues and guess what if you dig into the details you will find things that can't help yeah and like this is this is how harry potter works this is just how it works we're in the in between and these are the kind of things you talk about 
<sighs> but yeah. yeah, well, and so then anyway, but like, yeah, the other the other big mysteries that are then introduced is like we discover at the end of Crimes of Grindelwald, for example, that the the character that we knew as Credence is actually revealed to be like Aurelia Stumbledore. And so another big mystery is sort of like, well, then how could Dumbledore have had either a sibling or a nephew or a son or like something that would like allow for this to possibly be true because that doesn't fit with anything. And then you know you get to the, you go through the whole sequence of Secrets of Dumbledore and like that's finally revealed and it's like, hey, it's Aberforth and it's sort of like the the ray is palpatine's granddaughter yeah, all like, over nah, again it's like it was his mom <laughs> it's like okay like oh okay like i guess that, that's like is that supposed to be satisfying because it's sort of just like i don't know like i don't have anything else to say but then like even the grand duel you know it's like let's say the timelines are out let's just say that the grand duel that happens at the end of secrets of Dumbledore <coughs> is supposedly the duel that everybody has like been referencing so like this is almost like the uh the the showrunners so to speak the the producers of the movie being like okay we don't know if we're going to do movies four and five we're closing the story on on the third installment of the movie we can sort of leave it open-ended we can sort of just say like that was the duel you know it's like the grand duel the one that's referenced on like dumbledore's chocolate frog card yeah you know in the first book like one of the first things we learn about him is this famous duel good duel and then, like, the duel itself is not even remotely close to the caliber of duel that we saw between, like, Voldemort and Dumbledore at the Ministry of Magic. Right. Like, they're doing, like the, like, the unbelievable, like, swirls of water and the shards of glass that get, like, powdered into sand and stuff like that. It's like, we've seen really cool wizarding duels. We've seen Dumbledore create, like, the inferno over the, like, the Lake of the Inferior. It's like, right. there's so much cool stuff. And instead, what you end up with is, like, these two most powerful wizards who have this like history of like love with each other now like facing off like for the sake of all wizard kind or whatever and it's like this like zoop Zoop. Yeah, they're just playing zoop, like zoop. flashlight tag with each other, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, like they're just zapping like, each other with tiny white dots and you're like, what? This is not. Yeah, this is this can't be the duel. This, this can't, this be, can't be, be the duel. They even they even do then it's like they're they're like stepping on their own toes so much because it's like Dumbledore tells Harry, I didn't see him again until that duel. And it's like, well, you saw him. <laughs> Not only did you see him, but you saw him on like Wizard National Television somehow, whatever. <laughs> like they literally showed you and him together on a screen and then showed us people around the world seeing you see him. So you just you just lied to Harry is basically what it comes down to. Now you just definitely lied to Harry, which is like we know we know that's not your thing that you like lied to Harry a ton throughout the books. But the thing was, everyone felt like when you got to King's Cross Station, like you were coming clean. Like you were not holding back any more lies. Like now that you're here, Harry, and you've made the ultimate sacrifice for humankind, I will tell you the truth about everything and come clean about for my past. For real this time. For real this time. Definitely not fingers crossed. Whoops, didn't see this finger. <laughs> even that though, even <clears throat> that, like the inclusion of the backstory that like there's this man known as as Gellert Grindelwald and like the like the the Deathly Hallows themselves being not just like uh relevant to the the capstone to the Harry Potter series but like like Im- important you know like they're they're integral like you discover that Harry has like the invisibility cloak the resurrection stone the yeah. elder wand like they're all major plot points and they all sort of like keep uh, they seem to keep like circulating back to like like the Rita Skeeter the life and lies of Albus Dumbledore like the the um 
like like oh did you know that like as a young lad you know D- D- Dumbledore sort of had this like history and like you know whatever it's like he maybe he wasn't the champion of champions you thought he was and it was almost like what Deathly Hallows was trying to do along the way was also start to lay the groundwork for this prequel series right that is like yet to come because like otherwise if you kind of like look back on a lot of that information it's like did we need all of this like it wasn't enough of like a constant through line throughout like like there were there weren't like these like ongoing comparisons between like grindelwald and voldemort and yeah like no one was saying that throughout the time and it's like this is just like grindelwald all over again right yeah like you would you would think that like some of the like the grumbly old people or something or like history of magic it would be like a constant like you know like like as like Voldemort re-rises to power like that, you know, Professor Binns would be like explaining to them all about yeah, Grindelwald. Grindelwald. Yeah. yeah in the same way he does about like the <clears throat> Chamber of Secrets. It's just like, um, I, I like, I don't know. Like it, it feels like there was so much intent. And then, and then again, yeah, you had like the history of North magic in North America, like information that popped out, like Isolt Sire, like the path of, you know, Salazar Slytherin's wand and how it led to the creation of like, the school itself. It's like, you know, there's so much backstory. There's so much like rich history that was like, like laid into it. And then it just doesn't make sense what happened from there. So my tinfoil hat theory, if you want to know Let's is that I just, I think that there is a possibility or a chance that like Warner brothers is like, a, like actively attempting to like reclaim entirety of ownership of the IP. And that it was basically just intentional. <laughs> like, like it was like a, well, if we can lower the value of it to where it's like less marketable, then we can like take it and do useful things with it. Oh, you think they're tanking it on purpose so that they can fully buy it? Yeah. That's oh, wow. I, that is a I big tinfoil hat. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> I mean. Well, we'll see how that pans out. It's an incredible, yeah. <coughs> the, the, the slow con, as it were. The slow, the long uh, con. The long con, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, <clears throat> the thing, the biggest thing that always comes back to me for f- the the thing that I always come back to is like like when you compare it to uh, the MCU or the Star Wars cinematic cinematic universe or even DC, if you want to like really start to stretch it for comparison's sake, it's like these are all worlds that are being like built out and like even even in cases where like people are not happy about how they're going, case in point you know, the closure to the, the star Wars Skywalker saga. It's like how much star Wars stuff have we had since then? Yeah. A lot. And how much star Wars stuff have we had since then? That has been great. A lot. Exactly. So it's like, it's like there's there like, walk away get away from fantastic beasts if you need to or want to or whatever like go anywhere else there's so much that people would love to see that would be so cool that would be fun to explore right like just because you have stumbled here does not mean you need to like kill the wizarding world right because like guess what they stumbled in other places too and then just kept making stuff and it's still good yeah exactly So anyway, I don't even know. Did we keep to the prompt? I think we kept to the prompt pretty solid. At least we talked about the rise and fall of the Fantastic <laughs> Beast movies, uh, along with some other, you know, children's toy stuff there uh, oh, at yeah, the beginning yeah, as yeah. well. Popcorn Culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed 
existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile. And it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Which brings me to my wick of the peak, Ben. Hey, okay, hey, great you know, time for a <laughs> great time for a nice little transition. Although we don't even need to play. The, you know what? Play the music. Hey, we're back. And we're back. All right. So, um, as I as I just teased, wick of the peaks, children's toys, stuff like that. So this uh, past Christmas, okay. we got Luke 
a um a, a toy that you and I also had as kids. Okay, I'm excited to hear what it is. Oh yeah, you're gonna love it. Are you ready? Because I think it is a toy that almost everyone our age at one point owned, and it is it is effectively the exact same today as it ever was. Uh, but it is just as much fun. It is the toy Bop It. No way. Oh yeah, Bop It. <clears throat> Bop It. Pull it. Twist it. Is it? Th- <laughs> did you get him like the like <clears throat> that Bop It or the one that's more shaped like a steering wheel that has like the like flick it? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So chuck so it. If you don't know what Bop It is, burn it. <laughs> yeah, burn it. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know what Bop It is, when we were when we were kids, it was basically this uh, stick shaped toy that had like a baseball, like a bulbous end to it, um, and you would hold the stick part, and there was this big purple button on it that said Bop It. Yep. And then on one end, there was a little like twisty dial thing and you would twist it and there was a lever at one end that you would pull. And the whole game is just reaction time, right? Like the game will say you're holding it and it'll say either bop it, twist it or pull it in a completely random order. Only three options. And every time you successfully do it, it, you have less time to react for the next prompt. Right. So, you know, bop it, pull it, whoop, you know, uh, do you and it, this is like endlessly fun, endlessly fun to try and just get like the high score. Who can do it the longest or whatever? So, okay, that was going to yeah. be my question about it because I feel like the thing that I always disliked about Bop It as a kid is that you were basically starting a game that ended in failure. Yeah, yeah there's no, yeah, there's only, it's a high score game. It's a high you know? score game, yeah. but there is no place where the score is kept, nor does it like have a readout or display for like, hey, you successfully did like 135. Okay, so the modern Bop It, so, well, the... Over time, I remember there was a Christmas like years later when we were at our grandparents' house and our uh, younger cousins, Molly and Hadley, had received a Bop It toy. But it was a much different kind of Bop It than I remembered. Okay. Like it had Bop It, Pull It, Twist It, but then it had like two extra levers for you to, like flick it or like hammer it or there was like a bunch of extra things on there you might be prompted to do by the machine as well as like accelerometer like motions it might ask you to do. Yes. Like it wasn't yeah. just like, you know, you might have to like literally like flick it in your hand or I think one was like, you know, wave or like comb your hair or something. And you had sure. to like make the motion around your body or like hammer something. And it was like, this is too much. This is not this is not bop it to me anymore. Like, OK, I get like it. You, you've complicated <coughs> it. You've, too com- much. you've overcomplicated bop it. Bop it is three things. It is bop it, twist it, pull it. That's it. Don't overdo it, Bop It. So when we were buying Luke his version of Bop It, I wanted to make sure that we didn't have any of the other weird, non-necessary things. <laughs> you could not sound more like a grandpa no, right now. No, Ben, believe you me, Bop It obviously read the reviews and was like, okay, look, we've updated the shape, um, but we've 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 scaled it back to just twist it, pull it, bop it. Okay. And so that's what we have for Luke now. So it's a different shape than when we were kids. It's not like the stick. Okay. And it doesn't look like it like was vomited out by the 90s with its like technicolor, teal, yellow, black, purple. Hey, it was gorgeous. <laughs> it was gorgeous. A gorgeous piece of machinery. No, no doubt. No doubt. I dare say they don't make them like they used to. They don't. I would. I, if I could buy the old stick one, I would. But I couldn't find it. So okay, okay. if anyone has an old bop that still works, they want to send it. It is updated so that now after like when you play it, it'll it will say like high score 62 or whatever. OK, OK, yeah. cool. <clears throat> now, the only the only possible problem with this one is that like Luke wanted me to do it. And of course, like I was way better at it than him, <laughs> oh, dear. you know, so now like the high score is basically unattainable. To him. <laughs> 
which is unfortunate for him. (laughs) But like every now and then we'll like find it. And it is like, I find that like, you know, he'll want to do it. And then he'll be like, you do it. And then it's like, when I am doing it, I am genuinely like, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying hard. Oh, no, I I can, I can 100% imagine. Yeah. Yeah. There is like, to me, it's like the magic has not been lost at all. It's like, I'm playing it like, no, Luke, hold on. Everyone shut up. I am focus right now we're gonna pop it pull it you know everybody <laughs> stand like, back stand but, back but i get no matter who you hand it to like this you could like watch the seriousness veil like follow they're like okay hold on i really gotta focus like like if i hand it to beth it's the same way she's just be like you know like, you're like your eyes like lose focus is like all i'm doing is listening and moving my hands you know yes it's super fun yeah so anyway we got luca bop it do you remember uh do, do what were your what was your, do you have any memories with the bop it you know i do you know i do okay so there was there was i feel like i owned my bop it i may have been the one who originally owned the bop it of our household yeah uh i can't remember how i came to get it if it was like a gift or if i purchased it or something but like uh i do remember the commercials they were like very you know ridiculous and over the top like all 90s kids commercials were but um anyway we had one but it came out around the same time as home alone 3 um or maybe even like we had had it for like a year or something like that and then home alone 3 came out but like i remember growing up and not actually like super grabbing on to home alones 1 and 2 but like i really liked (gasps) remote control cars yeah and so home alone three like the whole premise is basically that the kid has this like very special remote control car uh that like was swapped at the airport with his neighbor who pays him for shoveling the sidewalk with this car that she accidentally got yes um as like and she's like upset about it she's like fine i'll pay you with this you know when she gives him the car and then he basically ends up using the car the whole time to like you know make the bandits crazy yeah. because they're trying to specifically get it yeah because the they, they've hidden some dangerous like microchip inside the car which even when i think about that i'm like why did they think like uh, an airport scanner finding a computer chip would be like whoa pull these guys aside oh yeah right you yeah know? um I'm not sure, uh, but, like, the thing was is that, like, when you pulled the shell off and you found this, like, like, I feel like they made the computer chip in this movie very akin to, like, a gold bar. Yeah. You know, it was, like, cool looking. You were like, yeah. oh, man. Like, you know, and so my childhood imagination, <coughs> I, I can't remember when we talked about horror movies, if it was last week on the pop or not. I think so, because we were talking about The Last of Us. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, I think that I had mentioned, like, for me, like, when I got to the end of a horror movie, like... it's not like I like survived it and it's like, Oh, it's over. Thank goodness. It's like, I can vividly play the things that's like, that scared me or terrified me or like, like nearly manifest them into existence. Like, in my yeah. dark room as I'm trying to go to bed that night. So it's like, once it's over, it's not over for me. Um, and I think that like when I watched this movie, it was just sort of like, like I had it in my head that like, you know what? It's possible that some of my toys, if they have chips inside of them, could have, this this special chip yeah attached to it you know and <laughs> might so, be that one <laughs> may, yeah could yeah. be that could be that and so i think that basically like what i started doing was finding like any toys in the house that we had that would have a computer chip inside of them including the bop it and i basically just took a screwdriver to it and completely took it apart and i remember i had like a ziploc bag that i'd like the thing where i remember having it is at the pool 
I remember I brought the Ziploc <laughs> bag with me to the pool. Well, computer to, chips love water. <laughs> naturally. <laughs> but like, yeah, so I had taken the whole thing apart and you have this really cool looking like green computer chip with all these like <clears> little, <throat> you know, things on it. Yeah. I, none yeah. of which I know what are transistors maybe yeah that sounds right sure yeah yeah um and i i so i think i did it like with the telephone and the bop it and like i probably a remote control car just for good measure right and i remember just thinking like these things are so cool and nobody ever sees them they're like so valuable probably yeah yeah it's like i need to show people that i have that i have these things because maybe one of them has like like missile guidance information on it or something (laughs) which is uh, i'm pretty sure the one from home alone 3 had on it was sometimes type of like crazy military threat <laughs> thing anyway so yeah i just i completely destroyed it and i think mom was really upset with me yeah mom really liked the bop it yeah, if i recall yeah yeah we could not repair it no definitely not yeah. i absolutely broke it yeah um <laughs> but then i had the chip which felt like even more meaningful and i feel like it was one of those things where it was like i know you guys all like the bop it but you want to know what i would rather do is have the chip right like to me, this is cooler this than is, the bop it. This is better than playing the game. Is having the chip from the game in a Ziploc bag I, I, at the pool. I think you guys are missing more enjoyment. Like, what's awesome about this? <laughs> like, I would have bought this just to take it apart and get the chip. You know, like, I I, in fact, I go to the store right now and get another one. <laughs> never you, even, never even put a battery in yeah, it. Don't even worry about that. <laughs> Can you imagine if we bought another one? <laughs> you take it. In again. I don't know. This is. I felt like mom was exceptionally upset with you for this, and it's like it couldn't have been that hard to get a replacement. Bop it. You know. Uh, yeah, I think about stuff like that too sometimes, and and maybe it's just how much like the world has changed since we were kids, or even like it would have just seemed ridiculous to go and spend the money again right. to already get something that we had. Yeah. Um, but I do agree with you. Like, it'd be the type of thing where I'd be like, man, that's a bummer. Like, hang on, let me get on Amazon. We'll get another one. Yeah. You know, which is probably like badly, pr- bad programming on my part that that's how I would just like solve that problem. That's like, how I tried to solve, of course, by <laughs> microwave llama problem. But <laughs> <laughs> It's never not funny. <laughs> it's never not funny. I will tell you this. Let me, t- oh my gosh, I have an update on that. Okay. Okay. Let me tell you, Give uh, me the update. Like, yeah. So uh, we all know that I accidentally microwave waved a hole in a llama yeah um, despite the fact that we <coughs> told you not to, not to do it that way <laughs> did you also take the microwave apart for no, its computer chip? I, I <laughs> no i did not but so uh luke you know the other i felt so bad i was like you know i was doing the same thing i was like i'll just get you another one it's fine like i'm sure we can find the same llama but of course we couldn't because they only make them in australia and somehow one ended up in the tj Maxx in roanoke and i was like that's gonna be the only one that ever came to america you know whatever probably so. <clears throat> probably true fortunately he found a different stuffed llama it was from the kids books llama llama red pajama nice yeah and like i ordered it for him and he was super excited but then then so like the problem was basically solved right like we didn't have the microwavable llama but we had the replacement llama that was like this this is agreed upon as the replacement llama that you picked out right we're good cool case closed (laughs) case closed put that folder put in the in the cabinet put that in there we solved it great everyone's happy luke had other plans oh dear (laughs) so then um so later while i'm like work one day like um uh, beth's aunt joan comes over to babysit and she's the one who initially gave luke the microwavable llama and he of course relays the entire tale to her about how we burned the hole in the llama (laughs) And Joan has the exact same reaction I do. It's like, oh, well, I'll get you another one. And Luke's like more than willing to accept yet another llama. Yeah, I mean, if, you can't have enough llamas. You can't, you can't have enough llamas. And Luke really believes that because he doesn't, because j- apparently then they're looking, they're doing the same thing. They're like looking on the phone and 
uh, like trying to like find like a, a, a suitable replacement llama, and the one they land on is actually a two bag of llamas. <laughs> this like kid, a, like a pink one and a green one. So Luke, <laughs> which she gets for him, and then like like Beth tells me about it later. I'm like, no, I already got him a replacement llama. <laughs> So then, sure enough, a few more days in the few days later in the mail comes two more llamas. I'm just going to literally start <laughs> mailing llamas to your house. Please do not. It's just like no. I know. Now, I, even if I, it, is, it is now like like if I ask Luke what his favorite animal is, he will say llama, and it is like great. I hope he tells me the story <laughs> while we're at Disney. And like, I'll be curious to see. Like, I wonder if he's like learning how well this works. Mm. He's like. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Got dad, this Joan. Is, I know. Luke has now turned one llama into three. Yeah. So yeah, uh, they were they were a, there was a pink llama and a green llama, and he named them Pinky <laughs> and Greeny. So Clever. they're just you know they're around the house, and I don't even mind. You know I like llamas. The I like the Emperor's New Groove. It's one of my favorite Disney movies. So it's okay. It's all right. But I was just like, I couldn't believe you managed to get two more llamas out of this deal. <laughs> that is very impressive. That yeah. is very impressive. Yeah. I am, I am incredibly curious to see, uh, like, because Luke is definitely like, he's a very like keen observer. Oh, he, is, yeah. he is definitely like dialed in and like, like, I think he's got some of like your, your like strategizing mind, but I think he's putting it to different uses. <laughs> There's no doubt. And I am, I, I cannot wait to see what he does because yeah. I feel like he's going to do something cool. Yeah. Inevitably. There's no doubt. I have no doubt. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to work something out. It's going to be, it's going to be good. I don't feel like it's going to take him long to beat me at chess, like for real. Like oh. uh, at some point, like not probably not for like a couple of years or something, but I think there is a point. I bet there is a point where if he sticks with it, he he will be able to just genuinely beat me. Uh, no problem. Th- that will be very interesting <clears throat> as well, because I feel like you're going to be a pretty high bar for like growing up, for example, our parents best of my knowledge maybe like a small handful of occasions, but they didn't play video games with us. No, yeah, dad would play Mario Kart with me sometimes. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like I, but I mean it was not like a regular occurrence like or I don't think there was ever a situation like where we came in and like dad was just playing video oh, games. Oh yeah, by like, himself. Yeah, by no. himself. No. Unless it was do you remember the game Oils well? I do remember yes. that. Yes. Oh my gosh. He I do did. remember him playing that just like solo just like I think that was part of his like early adopter like mindset of like we have a, a, like, the yeah, computers a computer. are a thing that people are having now. We have a computer. Now I can get games on this computer. And this yes. was the one he bought. Yeah. yeah, I do remember that. That's yeah. a good point. I mm-hmm. remember it was like almost like a like a treat one night because he was like doing really well in the game. And he like, oh, and I'd be curious to know like how good he was at it. Because in my mind, he was like amazing. Yeah. But I think we got to like stay up like like after bedtime to like watch him play for like an extra half hour. Or oh, something. man. I know. So fun. I do think he was good at it because... I would occasionally like remember that game and be like, oh man, like, uh, cause I remember like after you beat the levels, like the, like there would be some animation, the, the premise of the game oils. Well, if you have never heard of it, <laughs> like you've been living under a rock or something, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> this like four bit game or something, um, is that you are I guess an oil I guess you are the oil company I think right <laughs> that's a weird premise yeah this yeah. is the premise and uh there are you have this like big oil pipe collector thing and you're like directing it through this maze in like a Pac-Man style collecting dots underground yep and 
um, on each row of the screen, little like, you know, insects and stuff are like coming at you. And if any, and the further you go down, it's like the game snake, like the, the pipe remains behind you. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And if at any point, if anywhere on the screen, uh, like a, a, a bug hits the pipe, like you, you've lost, like right. that's the game. Yes. So yeah, you, right. you can retract it if you want. Like if you see it coming, it's like, Oh no, I got to zoom back up the stage, but then you got to go all the way back down to the bottom and try and get all the dots. So that's basically the premise. But after you collected all the dots, it would treat you to a cutscene where, um, it was always this like dinosaur in his house and he was just trying to live his regular dinosaur life, like watch TV on his, you know, dinosaur television and y- your oil drill would keep like coming through his house and wrecking his day or something. Yes. Yeah. It was so funny though. <laughs> it was. It was like, this guy just can't have a good time. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to have a bath. Oh no, the water's gone. Oh man. Yeah. So every now and then I would remember that and I'd be like, I'm going to see if like I can find a way to download that online somewhere. Like inevitably with a little bit of searching, you can find it. You can, you can find oil as well somewhere online we'll and you too can experience notes. it yeah. um and i remember like being like in college or something like playing this game and be like this game is hard <laughs> like interesting it is not easy <laughs> okay okay so yeah. there you go there so you go apparently go. dad actually was good at it. i think it. he was good at it yeah. um okay well so the the idea though here though is like yeah what were we talking about well okay i guess it could go one of two ways because as a kid for me playing video games with you was largely what just took me away from video games entirely because it was just like okay well i can't win and this is no fun uh if i can like if if it's not like if it's not like even 60 40 you know and it's like right like 99 1 right which i was largely what i would say my ratio was mm. on the whole unless okay. we we're playing madden maybe i would have a shot at madden, sure sure potentially um but i'll be very curious to see like how luke will be or nick and nate uh at at these games or like you brought up chess first which is what made me think of it it's like yeah it's like you got a pretty good like benchmark to be up against like probably in most cases beating an adult as a kid at a board game or a game in general is like you're just gonna have a little bit more like wherewithal you're just gonna have a little bit more like knowledge about like the the strategy of the game and everything, yeah. like how it works or like the, in Mario Kart, like the secret passages that you can take. Right. Yeah. But like, I wonder how, how not long it will take for Luke to figure those out. Yeah. You're right. Like, I, I don't know. And like, I, I've looked at like kids chess books and stuff like he can't quite read yet. So like, like as of like, I think like next year, like while he's in kindergarten, I could probably get some very basic beginner ones. Cause like, I don't feel like, like I, I would play it a lot. There would be like, you know, after school chess or whatever. But it, I don't remember people being like, here's a here's an opening you should memorize or like you sh- like everyone today is going to try this. Yeah, like it always starts with pawn here, knight here, bishop here, queen here, like it basically. And then it's like, you know, which is like, I feel like how you would teach it today or something you can you'll have the ability <clears throat> to teach him the way that you wish you had been taught exactly yeah yeah and so because like, sometimes i'll like you know on like tiktok or something like i like chess talk will start coming up and it'll be like here's a fun trap you can try against your friends and it'll be like do this this then if they do that you do this if they do that you do this if they do that you do this then you can do this and look at this checkmate and you're like i'll, I'll be like i bet I, I could sit here and memorize this and probably use this for the rest of my life against like casual chess people like if i if i cared to 100%. i could memorize this sequence and it would probably be effective against 90 percent of the chess games i had for the rest of my life as long as it was just like casual play yes you know 
Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> and this is like this is like even like backyard football, for example. Um, <clears throat> it was so rarely the case that you were ever like running a play. You know, like you were never actually like like strategically do like the game the play was some someone is the quarterback they can yeah. throw the ball a little bit better and then otherwise everybody is just attempting to run run away from their defense yeah. scramble scramble yeah and then you just throw the ball at the person who is the most successfully getting away from the person yeah um and that's pretty much it and i feel like how that's how most people play chess like i like if i were to sit down like my first move would be to move a pawn forward you know like which right. pawn i have no idea what do i do after that literally no idea like i i i couldn't even tell you what a good start to the game was i couldn't even tell you where you want like your best pieces what are the best pieces like you know the queen is the best piece i know that i know that <laughs> i do know the queen is the best piece after the queen the rook the rooks yep okay the rooks okay. yep and then the and then the knights and the bishops are both the same and then the pawns what about the king well, the king is that, that. Yeah, that's definitely the best because if you take that, you win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you win. But it can't do anything other than just move in every direction, right? It can move in every direction in yeah one one square in every in any direction. Wow, wow, yeah. wow, wow. Anyway, the point is though is that pretty much any any base strategy that you used against me would be far more effective than me flying by the seat of my pants. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like your your intuitive play is it just gonna take over? Right. Right. Yeah. I remember in chess club because <coughs> I also did it. Yeah. Uh, they would have you go and play after school every day and. Largely, I feel like what chess club was was just an after school program where you would go and there would be like a couple of snacks and like, like you know, Kool-Aid or something like that, like a drink uh, and a bunch of chess boards. And you would just sit there with your friends and like sit, talk, play, whatever. Right. And it was like constructive babysitting. It pretty much. Yeah. yeah it was like <laughs> we have a focus. Uh, but after, you know, like a nine weeks or a semester or whatever of doing this, you would go to the finals where I remember thinking like in my head, like, oh, I have a good shot of winning this whole thing. I've been going to chess club every day yeah. or every Tuesday and Thursday for like the past nine weeks. And, um, you know, like I remember getting in there and it was like, I like almost like felt like, uh, who's, who's the main character from like Queens gambit. Like, um, Oh, Beth Harmon, Beth Harmon. Yeah. It's like, I think I definitely had this like, it's it's on it is know? on and i remember like the, the <coughs> i think i've even told this story before on the pop probably but like the en passant yeah you know and it was like <laughs> yeah it's like i know how to do this and i remember like the like one of the games like the situation like presented itself that i could like do it and it was like boom and it was like as far as i was because i lost that game right you know but like as far as i was concerned it was like it was like did everyone see that everyone saw that did, right? I, did, I, did I say en passant yeah. Did, did I say it loud enough? Or did, did it carry <laughs> stage whisper? You know, like um, I think that I, I I really thought that I was like hot stuff. For, yeah. For knowing this like one special move. Right. And that was it. Wasn't even strategic. It was just like it was like I can do it. That is the problem with that move. Is that like I I remember uh, we had this uh, other CD ROM about chess yes when we, we were did. kids yeah. maurice ashley teaches chess that was the name of the cd rom great <laughs> it was a truly 90s looking <laughs> like compact disc pack where like the guy was standing on the front doing like some funny pose yeah like, the chessboard behind him um <clears throat> anyway 
I remember that you could, as part of that game, you could like watch famous chess matches and he would like pop up and explain like this was a big move because of that. And like, you know, there's a whole lesson about en passant and stuff in there. And he's like, one of the moves, I remember it popping up and he'd be like, this is actually an opportunity where he could have used en passant, but actually it wasn't smart to do that. And I, I remember being like, what a total bummer. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, come on. Missed like, opportunity I know, like, I know, like, <laughs> like, come on. If you can, you should, right? Like, nope. Like, well, what's even the point then? What's even the point? Yeah, yeah. It would be like, it would be like in basketball, not slam dunking for yeah. for some reason. Right. Yeah. You like know, just take like, the layup. It's just you know, it's more of a more of a sure thing. What, it's like, is it? Is it? Is it? I don't know. I'm sure there's a situation somewhere where somebody tried to do like a really explosive slam dunk and just completely slams the rim. The ball goes bouncing off. The oh, for sure. Thing. Yeah. The not top ten is full of that move. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that was that was me. I should have been on the ESPN not top ten. That yeah. Week. <laughs> yeah every, like, look at this kid. Thinks he's hot stuff. Arm passant on the chessboard. Checkmate by his sure. opponent. Next move. <laughs> he's given a bronze card. <clears throat> yeah. That's what you got for losing. A bronze card. Uh, it was like a. They had these like they look like hotel room keys, like plastic cards. <coughs> I think it was like gold if you won, silver if you tied, and bronze if you lost. And so I got a bronze card. Oh, man, <laughs> <laughs> what a bummer! I know it was mm. no good. Anyway, so I feel like this is a good spot to to, to attempt to close out today's episode if we yeah, shall. Yeah. Because I don't think there's any top in my opposite move. There's no doubt. It's yeah, basically that's it. the peaked. highlight of my whole life. Um, <laughs> but guys, as ever, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of The Pop. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have any feedback on the show, you can send it over to popcornculturepod at gmail.com. I do love reading your emails. Even if I don't respond to every single one of them, I do promise I read all of those emails. Also, I'm excited to announce officially, officially, uh, what the exclusive quarterly merch for Q1 2023 will will be do it hey it rhymed a little bit it did yeah uh, I'm, I'm now allowing some room for some suspense some build okay up. sure yeah everybody's like on the edge of like their seat they're like gripping their steering wheel or like 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 i'm imagining somebody's making brownies listening on headphones and they're like stirring like aggressively fast and it's like don't right. over mix the batter man it's yeah like, man you gotta be careful with that stuff anyway <clears throat> um for uh quarter one of 2023 we are going to be doing a crew t-shirt so it'll be it, it actually is like sort of an inside joke oh i feel like at this point amongst like the pop is that we have never done a popcorn culture t-shirt yeah we haven't done a t-shirt we haven't done a t-shirt and so we are going to have a t-shirt that is going to be like the official like crew shirt um so it will have like the word crew written on the back so like if you're ever at an event you can really be like super official official yeah, like a part of the crew i'm part of the crew no yeah. big deal i'm, w- I'm with the band with the it's band like, there's not a band here but there's a couple of guys on stage just jammering on about yeah jammering <laughs> jammering <laughs> exactly that was my nickname as a kid was jammer jammer like ben jam ben, ben jammer jam. yeah um the the so it'll have the popcorn culture logo it will have a kernel uh on like you know kind of like underneath there crew on back and then both of the sleeves leaves will say pop pop yeah it's gonna be pretty fun i'm really excited about it to like finally finally officially officially uh have a popcorn culture t-shirt um so if you guys would like to check that out it's patreon.com slash popcorn culture at the exclusive quarterly merch tier uh be sure to check that out link is in the show notes but otherwise until next time pop pop pop